Hello, and welcome to the Sprocket Podcast. I'm Joan Pettit. And I'm Aaron Flores. And we are hanging out on the edge of the interstate, the closed interstate, in inner northeast Portland, trying to see what's going on with the installation of the of the soon-to-be Earl Blumenauer pedestrian and bicycling bridge across the highway. The formerly known as Sullivan's Crossing Bridge you following Portland uh, transit politics. So we heard that Earl himself was here at some point, but we don't see him now, which means that we don't have to ask him if we can talk to him. (laughs) 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 And there are lots of people here, including Kimber. Would you like to say hi? Hello. (laughs) We are looking at like a wide span with two sort of plasticky looking arches on either side. There's like a bunch of cranes and a bunch of construction equipment. There's unfortunately no interpretive guide here to tell us what exactly we're looking at. But there are a lot of people here, so this is the the highlight of the weekend for Portland transportation people. I would appreciate an informative plaque. We need a plaque. Kimber just got her bike back after six weeks waiting to get a new wheel. And Aaron, can you describe what it means to build your own wheel? Build your own wheel? Yeah, it's one of those things where like you get the basics of it and it convinces you that, yeah, I can totally build my own wheel. And then once you're in the middle of it, you realize you cannot build your own wheel. This is way more complicated. But now that you're in the middle of it, you got no way out. You got to just build it. That's how I built my wheels. Kimber, how does it feel to have your bike back? Magnificent. I uh, learned a lot during the process, but it feels so good to be on my own bike again. I don't even think I even convinced you to get on an e-bike. I think you were, it was a final act of, yeah. Yeah, it was necessity. (laughs) It was total desperation, but it was a joy. Those Nike bikes are really fun. I like being upright and the e-assist is quite marvelous. So we're not sure what is happening right now, but there is some machinery that's been turned on, which is different than a moment ago. I think we're going to witness some movement. I think some, some upward lifting movement happening. There's this huge generator running, and it looks like there are these lifts. Aaron, what did, what did you just say is going on? I said it's time to get the shims. They're, they're just grabbing, like, scrap pieces of wood, it looks like, and just shoving it underneath. Are they taking them off? No. It appears to be some sort of game of Jenga. I think we figured out a little better what's going on now. So the bridge... So they built the landings on either side and a temporary tower in the middle, and now somehow they're going to, like, get the bridge over the highway. How are they going to do that, Kimber? I think they're going to use the cranes to move it over and then rest it partially on this temporary structure that they're building. And then they'll anchor the two ends and then remove that temporary structure. I just read a whole thing about how they were going to do it and I still didn't understand it. And then Kimber figured it out much better than I did. Yeah. Okay. So we are looking at the bridge. Disclaimer, I am not a bridge engineer. I I, I am. So it's particularly (laughs) impressive that you had it all figured out. We're also a little worried. We keep looking at the uh, construction workers and we keep worrying that their fingers are going to get stuck under something. But fingers, nothing. They're standing underneath the whole span. I suppose if something drops, their fingers are not even going to be part of the concern. This is terrible, but there is this morbid thought I had where like as we're recording, I'm like, what if something awful happens and like the span drops and like just crushes like all 15 people? Now we have that on record somewhere. (laughs) Maybe I'll be glad we aren't recording video if that happens. Sometimes I think as bicyclists, we can take a bit of a superior attitude about our transportation of choice. And looking at this moment is an excellent reminder of 
all the infrastructure and fossil fuels and construction and supplies and materials that also go into making things for us so that we can ride our bikes and be good people as we like to think we are. There's a lot of equipment. There's a lot of heavy machinery. There's a lot of stuff. How many cranes? I see three cranes. No less than no less than four. Okay, and I. Okay, this is really cool. So I just realized there are these two cranes that have pulleys and they're holding the bar to pull up the bridge. And then they're going to roll it over. But also, those cranes are at separate heights holding a component level. Like, I don't know how they're going to move those. Yeah, and is that like on purpose or just how those things goes? I feel like I wish my kid who's like really good at Legos would hear because I feel like he would understand this. In a few minutes, they're going to call us all over and ask us to help push. Steve! Oh! So we've just moved to a different spot and here I'm still on the uh, south side of I-84. We actually have a really nice view of the West Hills and Big Pink in downtown Portland. There's quite a crowd over here and people were just really excited about something and we don't know what so um cheering applause applause cheering. maybe it was for our arrival i like that yes i know it's so obvious now that yeah i mean hello hello <laughs> so what's your name jeff how long have you been here today jeff uh, since nine o'clock this morning and it's like five o'clock so you've been here you've just been hanging out here all day home for lunch what you were just you seem to have a good sense and you were you've been following this along you said for months can you just describe what you just said like what's going to happen well they're going to lift on this end with the two cranes they're sharing the load and there's motorized wheels on the other end on the south end and they're going to push while this lifts the weight so they're going to kind of more or less drag it along roll it along and then they're going to land it on the, the green gantry, and the gantry will drive across the freeway, and they'll land it on the towers over there, the orange and red towers, and then they'll bolt in the last sections of the arc. So now from here, from the spot where we're standing now, south of I-84, just kind of perched on the edge of Sullivan's Gulch, we can actually see why they had to close the freeway, and that's because basically they have like a track built across the east and westbound sides of the highway. I guess the max is going through just fine though. The train's, the train's been going through. And what they're gonna do is basically, yeah, they've assembled track or kind of tracks. And so they'll somehow get the front of the weight on the bridge onto the, what did you call that thing? Gantry, it's like, a moving, moving dolly. Oh, a moving dolly. And then they'll uh, slide it across. It goes up higher. It's going to go up high enough to be up at that height. But first they're just going to get it on there. Mm -hmm. Then they'll drive it and they'll lift it at the end, other end. What has you so interested in the bridge? Why have you been following it for so many months? I'm retired and I've been a builder all my life, but never built anything like this. I was a woodworker and it just fascinates me. I mean, the whole thing is so amazing. It's great engineering. It's a wonderful design. And it's going to be a great connection for bikes. How long do you think you're going to, you're going to stay? <laughs> I just texted my wife not to hold dinner for me. So <laughs> I'm going to stay till it's, till it's across the, on the landing there, I think. Thanks, Jeff. That was yeah, super sure. helpful. You're welcome. The white spans of the bridge are sort of slowly moving. Kind of hard to see even. But, oh, yeah, moving just a tiny bit. You have to do the thing where you line up 
that with something solid in the background to actually even see that it's moving a little bit. You can hear it in the cranes. You can hear the cranes moving and the cables up top. And all of this while there is a beautiful cloudy sunset behind Portland's West Hills. What a nice evening to watch a major infrastructure installation. Ever so slightly, it's rotating. I don't think it's going to drop in with a satisfying thud. It's really starting Ooh. to pick up some speed now. Boom, we're done. <laughs> If I were one of the crane operators on this project, I would be a little stressed out right now. What would be stressing you out? Dropping the bridge, smashing it into something, death. If I were one of the crane operators, I think I would be like, I have waited my whole life for, th I don't know, I feel like this is probably like pretty fun for them. Ooh, oh, look at that, it's spinning. Don't go too fast, yeah, it's moving. Like, there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot to coordinate in this. So I feel like the more there is to coordinate, the greater the chance for error is. And that's what would have me stress. I feel like what we've learned this evening is that Kimber should perhaps not train to be a crane operator. I'll talk to my <laughs> career coach about that. <laughs> I feel like, what if one of those cables snapped right now? I, I mean, I feel like they have had months and... I mean, what if that would be bad if one of the cables snapped right now? Uh, tell me you're anxious without telling me you're anxious. <laughs> Are you feeling a bit anxious? <laughs> no, just if I were in control here. Where's the guy with the purple sleeves? He looks pretty he's chill. Perspiring. He's He's running around screaming at people. No, no, he's not. I would not call it a party of a celebration. What would you call it? An observance of an installation. Untitled number 13. <laughs> <laughs> Congressman Earl Blumenauer, who this bridge is named after, is, is here and is wearing a bike helmet. And I don't think it's just for show. <laughs> I think he just rode his bike here. So I'm, I'm watching the crane operator. He's just kind of looking around. He's, he's definitely got this, uh, this sort of anxious vibe going. Like, <laughs> come on, let's, let's, get this, let's get this going here. I've been sitting in this crane for like three hours now. Got to get this thing moving. Oh, Earl's got a nice bike. It's down tube shifters. Yeah, I'm pretty jealous. It's super clean too. Is that telling of something? Yeah, he takes care of his stuff. Uh, we're gonna be commenting on some of the aesthetic choices <laughs> of our of Congressman Earl Blumenauer. So he's got a, a gray sweater and a nice matching gray helmet, and he does have a really nice purple Cannondale. Yeah, an aubergine purple. Aubergine. <laughs> Silver accents. Silver accents. He's got some nice fenders. Very practical. Black uh, bar tape. It's like red stem cap. I like the pop of color. <laughs> Down tube shifters, as Aaron noted before. Okay, now I just feel like a weirdo talking about his bike and also not going over to him. Well, he left. He definitely knew we were coming, so he's out of here. That's okay, because Earl's gone, but we still have, you know, I think Earl Blumenauer Bridge right in front of us. I think we should, we should never have Earl as a guest, but just talk about how much <laughs> we want him as a guest. It's a new, sh 
the yeah the whole theme is just you know we're constantly chasing after him and he's always evading us it's our new shtick for the next 10 years <laughs> maybe he'll finally come on the show during boat week boat month boat month Apologies. <laughs> boat winter? Boat summer. Boat summer. Boat winter. So here's something I just noticed. So we got this crane over here on, what is this, the southern bank, right? Mm -hmm. Follow the cables, comes down and onto the end of the bridge here, the end of the span. But if you notice, there's another crane parked, I'm guessing, down onto the highway with another end of the same cable. So those two have to essentially lift in unison with each other, and they can't be too out of sync, I imagine, or else bad things would happen. That's really nerve-wracking to think about. Well, and I don't even know where that crane is being operated from. Exactly. Or... We can't even see it from here. Okay, Kimber has a theory. One crane is pushing the bridge away from it, and the other crane is pulling the bridge towards it. So to synchronize those two actions. Yes, we just don't know if that's on, on purpose. We, we apologize if the language in this episode is too technical for <laughs> folks to follow we'll along. Uh, just still layman's terms. <laughs> How do you feel about the drone, Aaron? Well, we could be recording this in audio, but just know that the drone is already recording our audio as it's flying. It's pretty much hovering right above us right now, isn't it? Do you think it's recording data from our cell phones? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm not getting a good signal right now. I thought my COVID shot was aching. <laughs> oh, oh, and now it's flying off. Right, it's getting like a bird's eye view of this pretty cool moment in Portland transit history. Kimber was pointing and so, oh my gosh. Oh my God, the crane is doing something. <laughs> the crane is happening. Longer supported by the crane on this end. The uh, the crane driver is really serious now. He was like kind of like shifting in his seat a lot. Now he's like really intently staring at what is I'm assuming going on with the end of the bridge there. So it looks like the bridge is now. Oh yeah, the bridge is not being supported by the crane. Yeah, so the bridge is resting on some Wheels. something. <laughs> structure here if there's a second one of the green structure maybe if only we had a bird's eye view that could show us what this looked like from another angle so we have an exciting moment as a train comes through next to i-84 so the train is going through even though they closed the highway <laughs> So why is the train going so slow? Probably because it could shake the ground enough to disrupt the rails on the gantry crane. I like that theory. I'm going with that. What's your name? Dave. Tell me who you've got with you. I've got Ella, my dog, who's almost 12. So you're on a bike. Uh -huh. And can you describe how you are carrying Ella? Sure. I've got a bike bucket in the back, and she's a almost 12-year-old, 8.5-pound, fluffy little dog sitting in the back on a kitty litter bucket. <laughs> And she loves riding on the bike. So Ella's basically hanging out in a little kitty litter box. Thank you so much. Definitely. Thank you. Can you please say your name yeah. and what you do? My name is Hannah Schaefer, and I'm a spokesperson for the Portland Bureau of Transportation. How are things going with the bridge installation? Things appear to be going well. Uh, we are ahead of schedule, actually. Um, we put a lot of cushion into the schedule so that we would have time to, if there were delays and things like that. Um, so we thought we were going to be moving this really starting in the middle of the night but we've already gotten it moved a little bit and it looks like we might be moving a little bit more shortly um, 
and slow and steady getting it across the freeway. What do you think this bridge means for Portland's infrastructure? It means a lot. I would say, you know, one, it's a crucial connection for people biking and walking or using a mobility device uh, through this area. And these are two of our biggest and fastest growing neighborhoods in the city. So really crucial in that sense, too, to just provide a connection for these parts of town. But this connection also will serve people all over the city as they travel from one end to the other, north to south, um, and provide that safe and comfortable connection over the interstate. But beyond that, it's a beautiful design. It's iconic in its own way and it, where it's located. I, I always tell my personal story of whenever I'd, I grew up in Portland, but whenever I'd, I moved abroad and I'd come home and visit and we'd drive down the freeway from PDX airport and get to this area more or less. And all of a sudden the skyline opens up and you're like, you're in your city, you're back home and you, you get all the feels. and. Uh, and so now we'll have this bridge as part of that kind of opening up of the skyline. And what could be a better symbol for our city as you're driving into the center of it than to see this pedestrian and bicycle bridge stretching across the freeway as like the first major iconic thing that you see. I mean, that to me is, that's what Portland just strives to be as a city and to have that in our skyline is gonna be really powerful. You're a good spokesperson. That was really good. Now I'm all like Fergalhemmed myself. <laughs> I get a little, yeah, my heart pitter-patters a little bit about thinking about these things just because it is, um, this is a big moment. We don't move a bridge every day. We don't install bridges like this every day in our city. And, uh, you know, these kind of investments are not just for us, but they're for our kids and they're for our future of our city. And, and you know, we have an, and it's our job to make our city better and also to make our climate better and to make it easier for people to get around and this does all those things. So one thing that's been really interesting to see and uh, we've been talking about is so there were a lot of different agencies involved. So we've got the Portland Bureau of Transportation, the Oregon Department of Transportation because it's going over the interstate. There's the railroad. How many different sort of agencies? Let's see. Railroad, ODOT, PBOT. There's always within projects like this, you know, of course there's stormwater. We have to work with Bureau of Environmental Services. Um, there's electrical that you have to run. So there's utility work that you have to do with uh, the different utilities. Um, there's many, many people involved. It's primarily PBOT that is doing this project, but we, there's all the different chess pieces that we have to move around to make this work. So it, it takes a while to coordinate all that. Yeah, and, and this bridge in particular, certainly in comparison to the Flanders, Ned Flanders crossing, this is a much more complex operation because it's a much wider gulch. It's not just the freeway, it's also the railroad, which adds another layer of coordination and scheduling and all the things that go along with that. Um, and there's also an incline here where on the southern end, it's a bit uh, lower elevation than the northern end. And so just the actual moving of the bridge across, it's not just a flat roll and slide it into place. It's, all of it's just a little bit more technical and complex than, than the Flanders move. I would imagine, though, that sometimes as a spokesperson for um, a, a city agency that often you are not getting to do fun things, and this is maybe more of a fun thing, is that right? Or not, not fun things, but I mean, not always joyful. How about that? Oh, of course, like any job. <laughs> but um, I, I feel very fortunate to work for the city and to be able to talk about these important projects and um, 
like I said, I grew up here, and so it's really meaningful to me to see this kind of progress and this kind of work happening. Um, I cycle myself and bike around, and so I certainly anticipate that I'll be using this, and I, I just think it's a wonderful thing. So yeah, it's a, it is a fun day. It's a great day to be out here, and of course the weather worked out, so it's, we have a great view, and it's not raining on us. <laughs> And I think what was actually pretty fun was seeing the namesake for the Spritch here tonight with his bike. Congressman Blumenauer has been the visionary for so much of this work in our city. And um, it, you can just see how touched and excited he is about this. And that's really nice. Thank you so much. That's our show. Thanks so much for listening. The Sprocket Podcast is produced in Portland, Oregon. If you like what we're doing here, please leave us a review and tell your friends about us. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text to 503-847-9774. Twitter and Instagram at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Hurtbird for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to the generous support of our Patreon supporters and listeners. Shadowfoot, Wayne Norman, Cameron Lean, Richard Wazinski, Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish, Eric Weiss, Doug Cohen-Miller, Chris Smith, Caleb Jenkinson, J.P. Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Drew the Welder, Anna, Andre Johnson, Richard G., Guthrie Straw, Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of The Regranary. Campsite, Mac Nurse David, Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay, Tim Coleman, Harry Hugel, E.J. Finneran, Brad Hipwell, Thomas Skadow, Keith Hutchison, Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam, Jason Oftenberg, David Moore, Todd Grosbeck, Chris Barron, Chris Barron, Chris Barron, Sean Baird, Simon Pace, Gregory Braithwaite, Dude Luna, Emma Rooks, Philip M., Spartan Dale, Adam D., Go Dig a Hole, Beth Hammond, Greg Murphy, Myra Martinez, Oso, Isaac M., Byron Patterson, Kirsten Graham, Aaron G., Rachel Moline, Jimmy Diesel, Christopher Barnett, Jonathan Lee, and our newest sponsor, Hami Romani. And thanks to all our former supporters who helped us along the way. Now brush your teeth and go to bed.